when a bunch of little people die at the same time. It's very economical because you can buy one coffin oh. and load them in like you're loading a rifle. Right. It's like putting rounds into a <laughs> rifle. Just ching, 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 ching. You can put about stuff six in one coffin right, right, right. And, and just have like a, a shotgun burial. You're riding down the Harland Highway. All right, hold tight on the Harland Highway show. Harland Williams. For breakfast this morning, I had uh, oatmeal uh, with some blueberries and some pecans. Dude, I don't need someone coming on my podcast and shitting on the stool. <laughs> like, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> Do you want to go before... We start or what? I just assume it's why you have this pillow on here. It kind of Jesus works as a wee wee pad. Well, how about a poo poo pad? Jeez. Is what it sounds like. You don't pee because you eat granola, rhubarb, strawberries, and lettuce or whatever you said. <laughs> sound like an endorsement for soup plantation over here. Well, in my in my house, it's all you can eat for three ninety nine. So you uh, know, you, you get all of it. Yeah, wow, I'm gonna yeah. tell a bunch of homeless people sure. where you live. Yeah. You can have them lined up down the street. 1979 prices written right out front. Look at this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we get going, Greg Fitzsimmons, let's hit the theme music. Uh, yeah, disco, baby. Bringing back the disco. It's uh, the Harlan Highway. Mm-hmm. Well, now that's right. And uh, this is Greg Fitzsimmons. Second time here, buddy. Second time, which I believe is the record on your podcast, right? Uh, there's a couple of, that have been s- twice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you're the third one to be twice. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe you'll be the first one to be third. That's my goal. I want to be what um, Tom Hanks is to Saturday Night Live. I want to be to the Harlan Highway. Oh, is he the the all-time most host? No, maybe it's maybe it's Alec Baldwin. Oh. Yeah, I wouldn't get that optimistic. <laughs> I mean, you're a great guest, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but let's yeah. not yeah, yeah. push it. Let's take it, it one podcast yeah, at a time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, Greg brought me a gift, and look at that, gang. This is the Fitz Dog Radio mug. I don't have like a, uh, an official set mug. That's Can amazing. This be it? I, I would be honored. Yes. I, that would really be an honor for me. This is great. Yeah. And tell the, tell the folks right out of the gate about Fitz Dog Radio, by God. If we're going to have the well, uh, mug, we got to have the plug. It started out as, I used to do a show on Howard Stern's channel, which you were on many times. Yeah, yeah, we had and fun. And it was on Sirius XM, and you would yeah. come into the studio, and then we would record uh, for his show. We would do his show live. Yeah. And then uh, my producer was like, you know, you're getting these great guests. They're coming all the way in here for a uh, a one-hour show. Why don't you? Why don't we do a podcast afterwards with the same guest? And so yeah. we started just really imposing on people and having them stay another hour. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. that that was 14 years ago, and I got my thousandth episode coming up next. Wow, month. dude. Yeah. What's the Howard Stern experience like? Like, like I, I've never done the show. I've never met Howard, and I've I've heard that overall it's been a good experience. But it seems like a lot of guys that have done his show, there's been like conflict afterwards, like Artie and Jackie the Joke yeah. Man, and like what, what, what? Tell tell us what that experience is like with Howard. Well, I did the show over fifty times. Wow. I, used to, I used to go in there all the time. I used to went in there like huge for like ten years. I would go in there like every couple months. And you've done mine how many? Uh, this is. Let me check my phone. 
Does this uh, help? Two. I think this is yeah. the second. You ever heard the word priorities guy? Right. Okay, so keep going. So anyway, I did it uh, about 50 times, and then wow. uh, I asked him. I wrote a book, and then I wrote a note to him. And, and I, hold on. You, you did mine how many? Your show? Yeah. Arlen Highway? You could just recheck. Because if you said he you did his 50, I think, is what you 50. said. What was no, mine? 50. Five, I got oh. down here two. <laughs> two. Okay. Okay, just... Wanted to begin. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was having trouble calibrating everything. How many times have you had uh, well, uh, Jackie the Joke Man on? Well, that's none. <laughs> Is there a plan? Or are people talking? No, I mean I had his nun on. He's Catholic. Yeah, yeah she was great. <laughs> Jackie's and she tells nothing but nun jokes. Yeah, dirty nun jokes. Dirty nun jokes. <laughs> yeah. These sweet sweet nuns walked into a penguin bar. They couldn't tell the difference, so they all had an orgy. And I just made that up right now. And everybody smelled like fish at the end of it, <laughs> yeah, didn't they? They have to. Okay, Nun, so, nuns are the greatest because... Oh, here we go. Well... Oh, God. I mean, we make fun of, like, Muslim people for the way that we they make their women dress. But oh, then you yeah. look at a nun and you go, it's a burqa with a skylight. It's the same outfit. Yeah, that's right. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's the sky... Yeah, they just kind of add more of the face. Yeah, yeah. You get a little bit of face. Oh, God. Have you ever worn a burqa? No. Oh, God. I used to wear one, and uh, I don't... Well, if you're going to laugh, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. How did I make it back? I don't know, but it is yeah. for you made it back once. <laughs> don't push it. But I used to wear a burqa, and uh, in the summer, they get crazy. And have yeah. you ever heard of a Dutch oven? Sure. You fart in a burqa, yeah. and I made the mistake. I went through the Taco Bell <laughs> drive through one night in my burqa, and about an yeah. hour later, my oh. leg, I had third-degree oh. burns on my legs. <laughs> they actually could. The, the, I went to the, the, the uh, ER at uh -huh. Cedar sinai They said, yeah. sir, were you in a microwave oven? Yeah. And I said, no, I was in my burqa. Yeah. And, uh, wow. Does More it like get, a burnka, huh? Yeah, yeah, burnka. It gets ripe. And so, is that why Muslims don't don't allow you to eat pork? Oh, you can't eat pork if you're a Muslim. Yep. Yes, you can. If that's what you say. No, I'm asking you about Muslims. Can they eat pork? I can't imagine it's uh, allowed. Why? Well, because of the burqa and the farting, and the, <laughs> what the pork does to you. Okay. Yeah. So you you don't you don't want to be in a burqa and do a good like old fashioned bacon fart? No. Wow. No. Yeah. No. What about eggplant uh, parmesan? In a burqa? Yeah. No. Okay. No. 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 They say Mediterranean diet is the way to go with the burqa. Oh really? Yeah, it keeps it light. Oh and your, wow. Your farts are just. Yeah. But you know what sucks? Have you ever been around someone and they've got bad breath and you get so strong you can smell it from a few feet? Yeah. So imagine if you fart in a burqa. Yeah. And there's nowhere for that gas to escape, so it's got to come out like almost like your eyes yeah. stink. Right. And you're right? also you're inhaling that fart with your mouth, yeah. so now your mouth oh. smells like the fart. God. So yeah. It's almost like like uh, who's that that X Men guy that shoots the red laser beam out of his eyes? Pat Sajak. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he also has vowel movements <laughs> if he eats too much. 
I'm not, Can I buy an A for ass? <laughs> but imagine, you know, the burp, your, your, that gas has to escape. Yeah. That's just physics, guy. Right, right. And it's just, you do a, you do a 7.5 pumper. Right. And that's just going to blast out of your eye hole. Yeah. Like almost like a Magneto or whatever the right, guy's right, name is. Right, but Pat anyway, Sajak. <laughs> Pat Sajak. Yeah. How is that guy still doing Wheel of Fortune? Well, and with Vanna. Who is making, oh I mean, you talk about, wow. I mean, you and I both started out as young kids with a dream. Yeah. I don't know what yours was. Mine was to be a comedian. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then you look back at all the possible careers and trajectories that you could have taken in this yeah. world. Would you choose any of them over Vanna White's job and the money she makes to do it? I, look. It, you, I think where you're going with this, it's an easy gig. I think so. Right? It pays ridiculous. Ridiculous. But, the hours are amazing. But at the end of the train, when you, you're standing there at death's door, yeah, and you look back on your life outside of the money you made, what's your sense of accomplishment? I mean, are you, Pat Sajak told people to spin a wheel for 50 years yeah. and she flipped letters for 50 oh, years. Yeah. Is that's that the, is, is that the legacy you want? I think that's that's when you're jumping up and down pumping your fist going I won. Really? I won. But uh, integrity wise are you fulfilled with that? Fuck yes. So it's just about making bank in this I, lifetime. I you know the really? whole the whole art thing is overrated. Really? So, yeah. so you wouldn't rather have like a novel that you slaved over for six years? You'd have be- all day to write the novel. You only tape for 45 minutes a day. Right. But not that her nor Pat have done anything like that. I bet you she has a book. She probably does. I guarantee probably she has a book. an ABC book. I, I bet she's got an ABC book and I bet she's got yeah. like a line of perfumes or hair products or something that yeah. sells on QVC for a ton of money. Burka spray. Burka spray. Oh, that's the solution. That's it. Nobody's come out with that. Right. Or just straight down the eye hole. Yeah. Right in the old eye hole. Right, right. Uh, so uh, uh, Howard Stern. Oh, yeah. So Because this is a guy that's not in my wheelhouse. I don't think yeah. he's ever asked me to be on. I don't even know if he knows I exist, but all, all right. my buddies have done it. So right. what was it like? What was the experience? Well, um, you walk in yeah. and you you see the whack packers. There's always like a little person who's pissed himself on the couch when you walk in, and then there's a security guard who's seventy. It's weird. He's got a thing. It's almost like a freak show. Like he likes people with speech impediments. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Mentally challenged yes. and mutants and yes. Okay. Drug addicts, alcoholics. He likes that. Why? Because it's sort of an easy comedy target or... I, th- I see him as like P.T. Barnum. He, he, he knows how to assemble the freaks. He's the ringmaster. He's the ringmaster. And I then he see. plays off and then he's the straight guy in the middle of it all. And also when you have a collection of kind of mutants like that, it kind of makes you look all the more intelligent and all the more in charge, sort of. Is it, is it manipulation? Is it taking advantage? Or is it all good, clean fun? I think it's clean, clean fun because then these people who, who... And, you know, I can see both sides of that. Yeah. But the way I've always seen it as is, is as that these people 
who would have lived lives of obscurity yeah. are suddenly now like celebrities and they go on tour on the weekends and they do stand-up yeah. comedy. Yeah, really bad stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah. In like Holiday Inns on Route 9 and Teaneck and wow. mattress openings. And they're, and they're famous and they have big social media followings and they do Patreons and, and they have kind of an exciting life. And are they the butt of the joke? Yeah, on some level. But they also he he also treats them with a certain dignity, so it doesn't seem as as uh, usury as maybe. You, it you, seems you to think. me I haven't listened to him a lot, but it seems like you're right. He treats them with a certain dignity, but yeah. I'd say to me it sounds split. It's like half of it's indignity. Yes, like he sort of mocks and uses them as comedy fuel, but then he also sort of treats them with respect to a degree. So I, I'm kind of mixed on that. But when these guys go out and do these gigs, are they attracting fellow mutants, for lack of a better term? Like, no. is, is the audience full of people with speech impediments? And No. Uh, no, okay. It's, that would be fun. That would be pretty wild. That would be pretty yeah. wild if they just attracted their, like, Eric the Midget would just have yeah. midgets coming out. Yeah. Well, they actually, they call him Eric the Little Person, and then he died. But, oh. um, Yeah. I wonder a lot of I, them die. That was the thing. Is that every time I felt like I had this curse. Every time I would do the show, you would show up, and they would be like, "Oh, Monkey Man died." Was and he a midget? He was. He had hairy. Now I don't know. I midget? made that one up. I don't. I don't know all their names. Oh, okay. But yeah. they would always die, and I would be like, I would fly myself in from California to do the show. Oh wow! And you know, put myself in a hotel. Wait, he didn't pay for any no, of this. No. Wow, okay. And then I The would, multi-trillionaire didn't pay for no, any of this. No. And then I would I would go on the show and uh and then you know and and I'm all set with some funny stuff to say and 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 instead we end up talking about a guy who had uh you know, a uh, crack disorder, yeah. and he died, and now we're talking about that the whole time. So he'd take you all off your prepped material, yeah. and he'd talk about mutants. Right. You know, the interesting just occurred to me when a bunch of little people die at the same time. It's very economical because you can buy one coffin oh. and load them in like you're loading a rifle. Right. It's like putting rounds into a <laughs> rifle, just ching, 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 ching. You could put about stuff six in one coffin. Right, right. And, and just have like a, a shotgun burial, and then and then at the cemetery, yeah, do a twenty-one little person salute and shoot oh. them into the air. <laughs> yeah, yes. Just, oh yeah, with like a Roman catapult or but something. But one of them is still alive. That's the fun part. Oh god, like a pumpkin toss thing. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen that thing where they put pumpkins and they fling them across yeah. the field? Yeah. But you do it with a little guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And do you aim for anything, or is it just a like you aiming for a? A bus or a highway or a, just a park? For, I think you're just aiming for a good time, you know? Yeah, that is a good time. Yeah, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. The journey. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Right. God. Um, I wanted to hit on you because obviously we're Irish guys, right? Oh, we, right. It was St. Patrick's We Day did the, the Irish day, yeah. show with you the other day. I can't thank you enough. Honestly, Harlan, <laughs> I know we joke around a lot and we make fun of each other because of, you know, your looks or your career or whatever, but... When you came out and you did that show the other night, you absolutely <laughs> followed a bunch of killers. I mean, oh. you know, Owen Smith came out and killed. Bill Burr came out and killed. <laughs> and then you just took it to another level. You were you were so goddamn good. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Thank you. It, it was fun. You know, it meant something to me 
because it was like an Irish theme night, yeah. and you you put clovers all over the wall we had and Irish music. Yeah, and it, you know, it, it's like that's part of my heritage. So it was like yeah. it was kind of there's something that goes a little deeper when I was at that thing. You know, yeah. it's a club I played a million times. Yeah. But I, I actually did connect with the Irish theme, and it resonated oh, with me. Awesome. So, so thank you. That's yeah, great. That, that stuff's important to me because, yeah. you know, a lot of times you don't really hear about. It's mostly you know people talk about minorities and things like that. But uh-huh. you know, Irish people, we're just we're just kind of existing. And yep. so when when something pops up culturally like that, I, I actually really enjoyed that. Well, I remembered that the last time I was here, you showed me these great pictures of your mother's side of the family, the oh, Sullivans, yeah. the, is O'Donnells. It? the O'Donnells, the O'Donnells, the O'Donnells. Yeah. <sighs> and you were very proud. I mean, you were very yeah. proud showing me those pictures. Yeah. And uh, did you get the Irish soda bread? Did you get any of that? I didn't have okay. anything to eat. I don't like to eat before I go on. Not even just a little little piece of Irish soda bread with some butter on it? I didn't. And you know what? I'm going to be honest. I, I feel horrible now. I don't know what Irish soda bread is. What is that? Well, it's a traditional bread. It's almost like a cakey bread with yeah. it's got raisins and caraway seeds in it. And you make it with buttermilk. And it's very, oh, wow. very moist and delicious. And my friend, uh, Laureen. Yeah challenged me she said that her mother's irish soda bread was the best and my mother's is handed down for generations and oh, wow. people literally i've never had anybody eat it that did not say this is the greatest thing i've really? ever eaten in my life it's so good damn i wish i'd tried it so i challenged her and so we each baked two big irish soda breads so we had four irish soda wait breads. you baked yeah i baked them did you day. bake them in your burka i, I did yeah <sighs> Irish soda bread yeah, in the burka. Yeah. That's got to be the moistest. It's like whiskey in a in a cedar barrel. Yeah. Wow. And so you know cedar's a tree, right? It's a type of wood. Right. Okay. Some people don't know what cedar is. You say what's cedar? They go cedar. I barely know. I mean, they don't even know. Who? Cedar. Who? Cedar's a type of wood. I know, but who who didn't know that? People. People that don't know timber. I mean, have you ever heard of a cedar canoe, a cedar strip canoe, a cedar plank smoked salmon? Yes, cedars, you know. Cedar planks in uh, cedar hangers people use in their closets because okay. it keeps the moths away. So you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Irish thing, though, one thing that I think you've probably been brought up with this, but I, I don't know. I hope you have. But did any of your grandparents or your parents – have little Irish sayings. I feel like, oh, yeah, I feel yeah, like the, because yeah. we had this one, my grandmother used to say, may you be in heaven a half hour before the devil knows your dad. Right. Like, like yeah, I don't my, know if other cultures have that. Did you, did you have one that, that was like well, a, my, my, all four of my grandparents came over from Ireland. Wow. And I didn't meet two of them because my father's parents died in their forties. Oh, wow. And so I never met them. And so I just knew my, my, my mother's parents. Yeah. And he used to recite old uh, Irish limericks. Oh, do you know, do you know any off the top? Up the, up the airy mountain and down the rocky glen, we forego hunting for fear of little men. I used to know the whole thing. It's, it, was, it was a whole like epic story about uh, hunting for these little midgets yeah, in so, Ireland. Yeah. 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 It's kind of, we got a theme <laughs> going here. <laughs> Should we invite Brad Williams to this podcast? No, no. So no one would see him. This thing's six feet high. But he yeah. he would say uh, he would say things like uh, I would say, "How you doing, Grandpa?" And he'd go, "Ah, tips and all, I can't complain." Tips and all. Oh, tips so like kind of like complain. a bar, a pub reference. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Mike, can I read you one? My mother gave me one. Oh, great. That I sort of live by. And it's like she kind of gave it to me as sort of when, when your parents give you stuff as a kid, you're like, oh, yeah, great, right? Yeah. But I've always kept it and I put it, I put it up in oh, my. Oh, isn't that nice? I put it up in my, in my kitchen so yeah. I see it every day. Yeah. And it's really resonated with me through life. And I've sort of tried to live by this. Well, let me, let me share it with you. Okay. Do you want an Irish accent or just regular? Oh, obviously an Irish accent. Okay. Yeah. I be the road of life. I expect to pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that I can do, or any kindness that I can show to any fellow creature, let me do it now, for I shall not pass this way again. Mm, beautiful. That cool? It's simple, that. but yep. it, it's like whenever... Somebody does me wrong or I feel like somebody's, you know, you know, sometimes you meet people that are just pricks or you meet someone that maybe needs a hand or yeah. I always go to this and I go, let's, let's just help them. Pass like, through once. Yeah. Like, like be kind. Yeah. And uh, so I love that. I have a few other ones I found on the internet. I didn't write these. They weren't from my parents, but if you'd like to hear them, they're, I thought oh, I love them. Great. I'm yeah. trying to think if I have another one from my um, this one's for truck from uh, truck drive. Truck drivers say this. Do you oh, know any truck drivers? Of course. Okay, this My one's... Gary Bazanski lives down in Georgia. What's he haul? Uh, interstate. I'm not sure what, but he goes down to Florida a lot. Uh, probably manatees. Yeah. Yeah, I hope he has a refrigerated truck. I don't know how they identify. Um, could be manatees. Oh, right. Idities. Could be idities. they yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't say the M word anymore. No, no. Yeah, you gotta have a refrigerated truck because those things, when they start to go, they when they turn, mm. uh, they stink like a like a killer whale sunbathing at uh, Kenny G's fucking day spa. Right. The only thing you can do is get a burka and put them in it and oh, get them out God, of there. As a quick manatee as in a burka. Yeah, oh, that's like a pastrami sandwich at low tide. <laughs> Holy <laughs> fuck! <laughs> Suck me in the seaweed, oh, bro. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> Coney Island in August. <laughs> You're bringing me back. <laughs> uh, here's, a, here's a little inspirational um, passage that the truck drivers use when they're out okay. on the road. I hope you like it. Though life's road be long and meandering, and the miles may never end, the twists and turns never ending, a new town around every bend, and for every smelly truck stop I pull into, they smell better than your wife. <laughs> And for every pothole I pound with my big rig, I pound your wife twice as hard when you're out of town on business trips. Oh, she's a rider, a dirty midnight rider. Oh, she's a hairy rider. Honk, honk, beep, beep. Spread them, you dirty, jacked-up cowboy. And I didn't write that, I promise. That, that was, just seemed like it turned yeah, it around did, the third yeah, stanza. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, that guy's been on the road a that, long time. truck drivers. They don't got it easy. No. Haul, and, yeah. and, and when they can get themselves a woman, yeah. they don't care whose it is. Yeah. They'll just take, take. And they've probably already been through every frozen manatee in the back of the truck. So, yeah. you know, when they go, they go. Well, it, it, well look. <sighs> When you're when you're sitting behind the wheel of an eighteen wheeler, here we go, big rig, yeah, 
and then you see a woman and maybe like a Dodge Neon, one of those like, it just, I just got out of college a couple of years ago. I don't have a lot of money. Yeah. And then she, she drives past you and she makes the fist and pulls, yeah. pulls the fist down yeah. a couple times for yeah. the honk. Yeah. We know what she's doing. Yeah. We know what's going on and we know what's going to happen next. So I think where you're going, you want, she wants him to pull over at That's the correct. nearest Denny's or truck stop. That's right. Get in the back of his rig. Yep. Some sweet Route 66 loving or 69. Route 69, yeah, yeah. loving. And uh, I got you. Although you could do 66. I mean, I guess if you did her doggy style, that would be like a 66, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, and maybe, I guess if you're just doing traditional intercourse, that would be what, an 11? Because you're just, it's two people laying on top of each other. That would be an 11. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's then, two ones. Right. And then maybe if you didn't meet a woman and then you pulled over at Denny's and you got in the back and you pleasured yourself, that would be like a four. Oh, yeah. I want to raise your hand a little. Yeah. Like just like so four. people don't think. Yeah. Oh, like a four. A four. Yeah. Right, right. right in your own mouth. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I always thought 69ers too should. You know, I thought, I think only two people can technically really do them. A pregnant woman and a guy with a beer belly, right? Because you got six beer belly uh, and yeah, nine yeah, right. beer uh, yeah. pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you put those opposite each other. Yeah. Technically, those that's when you're really doing a 69. Yeah. So a pregnant woman just about to give birth to an infant child's got a yeah. beer belly guy's sure. right in her face sure. or vice versa. Yeah. And I feel sick. And you got to hope they're not under the covers because there's a lot of smells with both those conditions. Yeah. And what if her water breaks? Then it's a 61. Yeah. Because she lost her belly. Right. It just goes flat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. God, I didn't know you were so good with numbers. Well, my wife's Jewish. Oh, she is. So it rubs off a little bit. So when you two have sex, what number is that? It's a 69, but that's because... I'm a six and she's a nine. So even though we're having normal sex. Sure. It's a nice. 69. Might be a zero after she hears this. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one that I got. And I didn't write these. No. I need you to know that. You just, so you get on the, just, wor- the World Wide Web, I, I got guess? on the www.com. Uh, yeah. And just yeah. by fluke, of, here's a little, uh, a little motivational, like saying serial killers do. Oh. I did, who knew that they had a little thing? Do you want this one in an Irish accent? No, if it's a serial killer, yeah. I would say probably Korean. Okay, I can do that, my friend. May the years treat you right and merry. May you leave one of your windows unlocked. You turn on the lights and it's scary. Standing over you with my gun cocked. May the duct tape be kind to your skin. May the rope grip you the way your psychological trauma grips your mind. And may the taste of a human femur make you cheery and kind. Is Is that, I mean... I can't tell if that was North or South Korean. <laughs> Damn serial killers. <laughs> oh. 
I just, I just don't know that I could have picked a better accent for that. That made yeah. it so much creepier. Yeah. And, I, uh, <laughs> and I don't think technically, has there ever been a Korean serial no, killer? No, never. That's no, what's so me. No. Yeah. Right. Has there? Well, Bobby Lee is certainly capable of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But he's, I don't he's think he's acting human on flesh. it yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? There was this guy in California back in... In the 80s, there was a guy named Charles Ng. Really? N-G, I think, is how you spell it. Yeah. Who knows how they spell? N-G. Yeah. Not a great last name in today's world. It's great if you're, if you're stuck on a crossword puzzle. <laughs> yeah, right? You know? But Charles Ng, so I remember this story stuck out because this was I was living in Canada, and Charles Ng lived in Northern California... And he was an Asian guy. I don't know if he was Korean, Asian. Him and another guy kidnapped families and built a, a, a prison. They built like an 11-cell prison. Really? On some like vacant land. They owned the land, but some remote land in Northern California. And they tortured and killed. It's, 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 it was horrible. But our, Wait our, a minute. Are you sure this wasn't Mayberry RFD? No. What's Mayberry RFD? The uh, the one with uh, Richie Cunningham when he was a kid and his father with Andy Griffith. You sure this wasn't the oh, Andy with Griffith Opie? show? No, maybe because it sounds very similar. Very violent. Yeah, they had that jail and they used to put people in <sighs> yeah. there. Yeah, with Barney Fife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this was Charles Ng. Wow, and this sounds crazy. This is crazy. You can look this up on. on You're not making this up. This is real because I remember you know we lived up. This was sort of at the beginning. When, you know, th there hadn't been a lot of, like, mass killings and, yeah. and guys that did this creepy, like, bone collector stuff. Right. And this was the first one. And I remember me and my buddies were just like, holy crap. And I think they got him on a parking ticket or something. That's how they, it always goes. It's always something yep. really Tail weird. Light. right. And they went to the property, and there was literally piles of charred remains. Like, he would do whatever they do. Not just with one person. They'd get the family or the yeah. kids or the, the both both adults and dude, it was crazy. Right. And the, the worst is when they'll they'll rape the father and they make the children watch. Oh God. Which as a kid has just got to be yeah. so bittersweet, depending on your relationship with your father. Yeah. I mean you're either rooting yep. or you're crying. Right. Maybe. Daddy, you shouldn't have spanked me. Yep. yep. You had it coming, old man. That's right. Take it like an ing. Take it like an ang. Take it right up the ang. Yeah. Uh, I have one more because you brought it up earlier, the woke thing. And this is... This okay. Is, this is the woke person sort of... And um, just so if people are listening, they don't know what woke is. Can you yeah. explain it in a layman's terms? Yeah. Woke is kind of people that are uber sensitive about titles okay. and everything going on in society. Yeah. They're, they're very... Um, Protective about uh, gender and and mm. all any anything kind of a hot topic. They're they're very woke about uh, social issues. And, and how is that helping? I don't know that it is. Okay, I, th I think right. it, I think it's doing more damage okay. than it is good. Okay, but they do have their own little thing, and this is it uh, for the woke. Here's their little saying: it, they, them, gender binary, gender neutral. 
toxic masculinity, thing one and thing two, Dr. Seuss. Yes. And that's it's yeah. a short and simple that's one. It. But, it's, but you, you can live by it. And it's motivational. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You're walking around, you're having a down woke day, uh-huh. and you're like, boom, drop yeah. that. Right. So anyways. There fun. was a book uh, by Charlie Kaufman. You know Charlie Kaufman? Yeah. The great director. Yeah, yeah, wrote, yeah. Um, inside being John Malkovich and uh okay I didn't know that was him but yeah I know the, the material yeah being John Malkovich he wrote yeah. a he wrote a novel that was it was the the protagonist was a woke kind of a kind of like a woke yeah. clown and he used the word he referred to himself as a thon that's how he identified wow thon my buddy Theo refers to himself as that too no he doesn't yeah Theo Vaughn yeah um you know, it, it, it's getting so crazy. I, I, uh, I, we do stand up. Sure. And uh, I was doing a show the other night on, on stage, and I did a knock-knock joke. Uh-huh. I was like, start, I go, knock-knock. And before I could even get finished, some lady stood up. She goes, hey, hey, you can't say knock-knock. Homeless people don't have doors. <laughs> and I said, lady, you yeah. are woke. Yeah. And she goes, no, no, you can't say woke, because if you take the E off of woke, that's walk. That's cultural appropriation. appropriation. And I said, well, woke backwards is Ewok. So nub, gub, yub, nub, gub, nub, you, you fat fucking slot or la- lady. You said lady, luckily. Yeah, I said yeah. La- lady, yeah. luckily. But That's the thing is they, they um, what about Chewbacca? I was, my son was watching the original Star Wars the other day, and I was oh. realizing that Chewbacca is kind of interesting. Right. Because they, they would either treat him as a pet or as a military genius, depending on which film it was. Well, I'm just trying to be woke, and you're talking about Ewoks or, or no, Wookiees. So I, I I'm just I... offended by the Wookiee joke that you just told. Well, You told I mean... it in Wookiee. Other people, if they don't speak it, don't realize that you just maligned... Pacific Asian Islanders, yes, they have big heads, Harlan. They don't know why they have them. It's not the pineapple. Nope, it's not the sand. Yes, they're special people. See? That's yeah. all I'm trying yeah, to yeah, say, yeah. guy. Um, I did a little research, and oh. um, I don't know if you know this, but if you shave... Chewbacca, it's uh-huh. Kenny G under there. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You just, just leave the beard part. Just leave the beard, and uh-huh. it's, yeah, he's creepy, creepy. Looks like a, have you ever seen a parrot with all his feathers plucked? Yeah. That's what a Kenny G looks like sure. naked. You just shave that hair off, give him a full body Brazilian, and. And can you sing, you got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him as an Ewok? An Ewok or yeah. a Wookiee? As a Wookiee, I mean. I think I just threw my ass out. Ow. God, it ain't easy being a Wookiee guy. I can't believe you did all three verses. That well, was you asked. Look, yeah. you asked. Right. I'm here to here to please. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, we were talking about serial killers and right. death. This right. is a weird... And I'm curious about this. We talked about loading the shore people into the coffins. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about, like, and I know it's morbid, but have you thought about, like, when you pass? Like, have you have you made arrangements? Or you just want, like, I'm one of these guys, I'm just like, 
I, I've got a will, but I don't really I haven't looked at it in twenty years. I, I don't. So you've have got a, a will, but you don't have a way. I have a way. I don't have a way, and I haven't thought about where I'm going to be buried. Right. I don't have a plot. Right. I don't have. I like. I don't real. Have you Have you thought about this? Have you mapped out death? I hate to even. Well, because I have kids, yeah. I have set up a trust where if I die, I have a life insurance policy. Okay. It's a million dollars. I know that sounds like a lot. But you have yeah. to understand that my wife is accustomed to a certain way of living. Yeah. And I think with that failure and disappointment, there should be a payoff for her someday. Yeah, yeah. So I got yeah. the $1 million policy. Great. And um, it pays into the trust so that they don't have to pay taxes on it. Yeah. But as far as my arrangements, and it's interesting you bring this up because yeah. I have a business idea. Ooh, here and we I'm go. not kidding about okay. this. Okay. I have one too now that you mentioned. Okay. You go first. Mine is a website. That you get a membership to yeah. and you pay five bucks a month or whatever. Yeah. And the website has all the information for your funeral. It's got the guest list, everybody, their addresses updated. Okay. And you, 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 go, you go into this site once in a while and you update it. Yeah. And you put down who you want to give your eulogy. You maybe even have a couple bullet points about some stories that he might tell. Yeah. I'm not kidding about no, I, this. I, I, uh, what kind of flowers you want. What the, Your playlist for the, for the funeral. Yeah. Itself. Like, I love what, it. A, a, a photo basket filled with photos yeah. that you would like printed and put up at your funeral. Yeah. And whether or not you want a priest, whether or not you want to be buried, like it's got all your financial information yeah. about... Who gets paid what? The will. Everything is in one place on the site, so that when you die, yeah, you ever see a family get thrown into the chaos of a loved one dying? Yeah, it's crazy. Unexpectedly, yeah. And you got three days to put a fucking funeral on, and you don't know where to start. Yeah. Well, now it's all done. Yeah, I love that because I've often thought, you know, when somebody dies, it's everything you said. You go to these funeral homes which are about as much fun as like, oh. uh, you know, k kicking a baby seal in the balls. Well. And you go and they're grim. Yeah. And there's different rooms. Like there's, you know. There's the, other people going to another funeral yeah, right next to your funeral. There's stiffies all over yeah. the place. And it's very grim and there's organ music and there's a flowers and the coffins open. And I thought, why doesn't somebody start like sort of a rock and roll-ish Funeral oh, home. Oh, I like that. Where it's got all the kind of entrappings you talked about, but it's also sort of upbeat, and maybe yep. there's a stage where people can get up and tell stories, uh -huh. and, and there's nice food, and it, yeah. it's kind of, it's sort of a more upbeat, festive celebration of their life rather than the mourning of the death. I like that. I like that a yeah, lot. It's just and so, that's why I like the idea of like listing the stories that you want each of your friends yeah. to tell. You know, because yeah. you want people to laugh. Who wants people to cry at their funeral? Yeah, we all yeah. want people to laugh at our yeah, funeral. Yeah. And there was a guy, I saw a TikTok video of a guy in England. Yeah. And he had, before he died, I guess he knew he was dying. And he made a recording <sighs> and they put it in the coffin. I'd, Did you see I'd this? See the, yeah. And he starts knocking. Yeah. Saying, they, so out. they sunk it like yeah, six yeah. feet into the ground. Yeah. And all of a sudden you hear, let me out, I'm not dead. And everyone's like freaking, oh, I love See, that's and what I mean. And then they all get it. They all got it and they all started laughing. Yeah. And even though it's a sad affair, it, it reminds you of his sense of humor. It reminds you of what a, what a great spark he was in life. Right. And it, it lifts the energy of the thing that, that, that's so sad. Because you can't stop death. It's, right. it's part of we all, we all got it coming, kid. That's right. Um, so, you know, I think what would be cool too, do you want to be cremated or, or buried? 
it feels a little selfish to take up a piece of real estate on the earth for your, you know, yeah. for your existence. Like, yeah. I should live forever? I don't know. Yeah. I, and does anyone ever go? Like, have you ever gone to the, the a graveyard and my visited? My father died. It'll be 30 years next month that my father died. And I think I've been to his grave once. Yeah. And it's not out of disrespect. I think it's more out of you don't want to go and once again be in that grim surrounding yeah, because yeah. it's very sort of depressing. Right. So what I think people should do now that they've legalized marijuana is we should have dispensaries where you can go and they put the ashes in a in a, some rolling papers and you can smoke your, your wife, you can smoke your dead daughter, you can smoke your sister. Anyways, how have you been? What's uh, what have you been up to? <laughs> wow! No, you don't smoke. You don't smoke. I guess I don't smoke dead people. I mean, do you see dead people? I do see dead people. Yeah. So if you can see one, why won't you smoke one? I just worry about what they ingested in their life and what I would be putting into my body. Like if I knew that they were grass fed. Okay. If they were free range sure. people organic. that died organic, yeah. then I would smoke. But I don't know what toxins are in that. You don't want to like smoke your dad and get breast cancer. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, smart guy. Yeah. How did you know that's how he died? Because I smoked some of them. Oh. And I've been feeling a little sick lately. Yeah, I wouldn't my, smoke my tits any more feel of that. heavy. Yeah. My tits have been swinging real low lately, yeah. guy. Yeah. I think it's because I smoked your breast cancer riddled dad. <laughs> and then the guy, he go down and he smashed the people in the face with the crowbar. <laughs> What's crazy is that you conjured up, it really was Korean. It wasn't Chinese. Yeah. It wasn't Japanese. That was Korean. It was pretty good. Yeah. yeah it was pretty good. I, where did you, what was your, what was your reference for that? Because usually when I do an accent, I think of somebody who's from that country that I'm friends with. I dated a girl uh, from Korea named oh, you did. Ray, Me Too. And it was horrible. When we'd go up for big dinners, she'd, she'd go in the bathroom after and have a giant Me Too movement. Oh. And it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's been and, hard. The Me Too movement's been hard for yeah. me. Yeah. And then if you guys would go out, would she post a picture of you guys on Instagram and then write Me Too yeah. underneath, and that would cause a lot of, lot of scandal. Yeah. Wow. Have you ever dated a, an Asian woman? I never did. Okay. No. I think the first girl I really fell in love with was a, J a Japanese girl no in high kidding. school. Oh, my God. What was her name? Judy Nishikawa. Really? And she'd sit beside me. And it was in those days back in the 70s when, when clogs were a thing. People uh -huh. wore the clogs. Yeah. And I didn't think anything of it, but she'd come and sit beside me in English class. And I went to a Catholic school, so all the girls had the little skirt on. Sure. But back then, you didn't... It, it wasn't it, sexualized. It, it's men who sexualize yeah, it. When right. you're a boy, you're just like, oh, look at this stupid uniform. Right. But she'd sit beside me, and it was just like, oh, there's Judy. And then, and then every class, I just sort of felt like like some kind of invisible force like and I, I realized oh my god and then I'd, I'd go home at night and I'd just like think about her and I, and I just like fell in love with her did you ever I, ask her out I did and you dated I didn't date her it, it was the weirdest thing it was literally driving me insane yeah it was how like, old were you this is when I was about 17 18 and I was still a virgin I'd, I'd never had like a real Jeez. steady girlfriend 
And just being in her proximity, I was just like, I could feel this thing in my heart growing. And I, I would dream about, I wouldn't dream, but I'd daydream about her. And I'd go, oh my God, I think I'm in love. Like if My her, father felt like he had something growing in his chest also. That would have been the cancer lump. You should check that out. Yeah. So did she feel this way about you? So here's what happened. It got to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. And we'd become friends. We were like socially friends. And I, ju- I just said, hey, Judy, can can we go out on a, you know, hang out one night? She said, sure. So I took her for a drive and I, I didn't know where to go. And we just drove. It was nighttime. We drove up into the country and I was just trying to like figure out what to say to her. And we got right in the middle of nowhere, like farm country. And there was a, an old church. And I said, let's just stop here. We got out. It was like 10 at night. The moon's that we sat on the church steps. And I said, I just, I, I have to do this. And I said, Judy, I, I really like you. I said, I don't know what you're going to say. Yeah. I don't know if you like me. I said, if I, I, I just have to tell you. Like it was just, and, and she said, Harland, you're a really nice guy. I really like you, but I don't feel the same. And instead of being like crushed, I was so overwhelmed with being able to get that out of my soul and out of my heart and just say it to her. Even though she rejected me, I felt like a million bucks. And I was like, I said, okay, I get it. And then like the next few days when I went home, I was like sort of crushed up that she didn't like me. But in the moment, I was just glad I communicated it to her because I I had to get it out. Right. And the fact that you left her at that farmland. Yeah. I mean, why? what would she expect? Yeah. You know? She had a long walk home. She should have said yes. Put those clogs on, too. Yeah, it's a long clog. It's a log clog home. You, he, you hear her coming. Yeah. I think oh. she log rolled home, actually. She had she the did. clogs yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. Rolled right down the right. highway. The Harlan Highway. The Harlan Highway. Yeah. It's not an easy ride. No. Uh, hey, everybody. Check out my merchandise at harbling.com. Yeah, most people just slap some letters or images on a t-shirt or a hoodie, but not me. Yours truly. Guess what? I draw my own designs at harbling.com. You can see tons of my hand-drawn t-shirts. Uh, you can either buy the original or you can buy a print and uh, man, oh man, where I'm loud and proud. Um, I love making these designs for you guys and uh, keeping it personal. So check out the whole uh, catalog. We got hoodies, we got coffee mugs, we got uh, T-shirts, you name it. It's there at harbling.com. Get your uh, Harland original design, wearable art at harbling.com today. And uh, thank you for your support. And I'll just keep the uh, the groovy images coming. Um, so last time we were here, we talked about your book. Oh boy, your, yeah, your writer. Sure. And I don't know if everyone knows this about you, but I know you were you wrote on the Ellen Show. I did for a while, like you know, First you, Howard seasons. Stern, Ellen DeGeneres. Yep. Was was she? And I'm not asking for any stories out of school, but was was she as tyrannical as? as she's sort of been made out to be now, or was she in a different place? I think you wrote for her, what, about eight or nine years ago, was it? More, no, 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 no. I wrote for her in the first two seasons, so that would have been 19 years ago. Of her talk show. Right. And did you get the sense that she was sort of a tyrant and a, an over... And, well, and if you don't want to say, well, I, you, you know, don't have the to. The truth but. is, I signed a non-disclosure agreement, okay. which I don't know if it's still in effect since the show's no longer on the air. 
And do you think someone would even come after you? But that being said, I respect whatever you want to say or don't say. I'll just say, you know, in in kind terms, you know, in in political, I want to be political. Yeah. Um, She was very gracious at first because, you know, her career was not going well when she got that talk show. Right. She had really, she was out working comedy clubs. She was probably working the same clubs we were. Okay. After yeah. her sitcom went out, went away. Yeah, went right. And then nobody would touch her, and it wasn't, you know, she wants to say it was because she because she was gay. Nobody would hire her. It's like no, it's because you made your sitcom about gayness, right? And it right. stopped being really funny. It started to become something that had an agenda. To oh, it. really? It yeah, wasn't, that's I why the show went off the air. Nobody oh, rejected her for being gay. Yeah, but anyway, that's it my. It became too preachy or something. Yeah, yeah it got, got very it. pedantic, and so got I. It. Uh, but that's just my opinion. But, yeah. th- but the truth is she was not, things were not going well. So she got this opportunity to do a talk show Yeah, and she was very gracious about it. She was very grateful for it. And she nice. was very kind to the writers. And then, oh, good. and that lasted three months. And then we won the Emmy for the show and for the writing staff. Yeah. And then things changed. Really? Things changed very quickly. And as the show got more successful, wow. things changed even more. It was that quickly. Was that noticeable? Yeah. yeah. And I know you're not inside her head, but did, did, did that come from a place of empowerment or did that come from a place, do you think, hey, we've hit this milestone, I want to protect it, so I'm going to be more aggressive to make sure we, we keep building on this? Or was it just was it just a pure, do you think, power trip, like ego I can't, thing? I can't talk to that. I can yeah. just say my experience was that it, become, it became less pleasant over time. And after yeah. two years, it was time to go. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Ellen, I've always thought she was a really great stand-up comedian. Great. That's why I wanted to write for the show. I was so yeah. excited when I heard she had a show. Yeah. Yeah, and my first television job acting on a, on TV was on her sitcom. No kidding. So she had two sitcoms. She had a sitcom. Her first one was called These Friends of Mine. Uh-huh. And that lasted, I think, about a year and a half. And then Friends came out during that. And I think the the, the names got kind of uh, freaky, like Friends, these friends of mine, and right. it got canceled. And then they came back with the Ellen DeGeneres sitcom, the one where she came out. Right. So my first acting gig ever was with her. I guest starred on These Friends of Mine. No kidding. And she was super nice. And, wow. and so what the, the reason I'm asking, because when I heard she's kind of taken this kind of arc where people kind of paint her in a bad light now, I was, I was like, oh, that's unfortunate. But if it is unfortunate and she's responsible for it, then that's on her, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, who knows? Look, we're, we're all born with circumstances yeah and we're also born with a certain genetic makeup and some so people you, have, were, were you circumstanced or no i was i'm uncircumstanced okay yeah which girls think is weird yeah but well, you just said we we're all born with circumstance and i'm i know i'm not but anyways back to Ellen. so i so i don't i can't yeah i can't point a finger at her or judge her because i don't know what she's been through in her life yeah i just know that my experience there was uh not that great well it's interesting you said that because when you do get in a position where you're kind of the the title person or you've got a thing that you've created or generated and then all these other forces come at it yeah and i don't know the story behind ellen or not but you do get a sense of you want to rally around what you have and protect it 
And when you do have a show or a talk show or whatever, or you write a book, there's always people from the outside that want to come in and maybe change it or manipulate it. And I remember I always used to be mad at Roseanne because you'd hear these stories about her when she had the Roseanne show and how she was so problematic and she was very combative and she was this and that. And I thought, girl, you got your own sitcom. Yeah. But then there came a time where I had my own sitcom and all these forces were coming at the show. And when you're the center of the show, it's like there's people that don't necessarily are looking out for your best interest. And so you've got to sort of push back and be strong and aggressive. Right. So I wondered if maybe that was something Ellen was dealing with. It's I don't think it's so. Tough. I, I don't think that she felt that there were people that were creatively coming after her in any yeah. way. I think she had the full support of the studio mm. and the network and her showrunners. And I think everybody was in line. I don't yeah. think that's what it was. Because I agree with you. I think that Roseanne replaced a lot of showrunners. But when Roseanne got that show, it was her show. And she yeah. wasn't like allowed in the writer's room at first. She yeah. had to fight her way in. And yeah. she had to fight her way into getting the kind of pe- people that were writing the kind of stuff that she wasn't into, but the network said, you have to have this guy. He's the best. Yeah. And you get him, he's like, yeah, he was the best at writing a show about this. Right. But this is a show about me. Ugh. So I know I comp- I've always been on Roseanne's side on yeah. that as, as Norm Macdonald, who was one of her first writers was also her writer on the reboot of the show. That's how much he still loved her. Well, you want to hear a funny story with Norm when Norm, Norm and I used to be best buddies Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and and um, when Norm Norm moved down to LA a year before I did, and Norm was asked by the Roseanne show they wanted to hire him, and they asked Norm (laughs) to write an episode of Roseanne, Uh and Norm wasn't a writer; he'd never written anything. Yeah, so he called me up. I was still in trying. Goes, hey man, I gotta I gotta write an episode of Roseanne, man, and I go, yeah, and he goes, I don't know how to do it, and I said you want me to do it for you? And he goes, yeah. And I'd never written a TV show, but uh, I, I went in and I studied. And so I wrote the episode. No way. I, I've still got it. It's called No Man is an Island. And it was an episode where one of Roseanne's kids finds a homeless guy and brings him into the home. That's Ro- great. And so I wrote this this episode for Norm. Never put my name on it. I said, Norm, this is for you. This yeah. is I, I, He was my buddy. I wanted to help. I said, I hope it works. Hand it in. I, I, I don't know if that was the catalyst for him getting the job. I don't even know if he handed in. I, I don't remember, yeah. but but I just remember doing that for Norm way wow, back then. Yeah, that's it, amazing. I've still got it. I should pull it out one day and read it. Hey. It was the first TV script I ever wrote. Really? And I just did it on a whim so I could it's help my buddy. a great idea. I love the idea. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a fun episode. But, but yeah, it, it, that's what people don't know about... Like the TV world and, and shows and sitcoms, is it, it, there's an element when you're on it, there's a lot of things and people coming at you and you have to protect it. And, and you're and also new at it. You know, it's like new. you don't know this world and these people are sharks. They know these waters. Dude, I, when I had a sitcom back in the 90s. I was the star of a sitcom called Simon. Of was, course. I was Simon yeah. and Jason Bateman played my brother. Mm-hmm. And I'd never done this, and I thought, I want this to be great. We had a whole season, and I said one day, I said, can, can we get all the writers in a room for lunch? And we all sit at a table and just kind of go around and meet each other and talk. And, and it was just a thing about, I thought, if we were all communicating, 
we would have a better show. We yeah. could all exchange ideas. So I, we went around. One guy was from here. One guy. We got to like the the fourth girl, and yeah, you know, one guy's like, I used to write on uh, Friends. I used to write on Roseanne. I used to write on this, and then we got to this one girl. She goes, Ah, uh, yeah, I'm a jeweler, <laughs> and we were like, Wait, what? She goes, Yeah, my uh, my uncle is the showrunner. <laughs> I'm mean, like, wait, you're, you're, you work, what, have you ever written? She goes, no, I work in a jewelry store, but now I'm a writer. And we were just, and I just went, holy fuck, this is how this works, right? And I'm not even joking. Yeah, and she yeah. had a good heart. I'm not right. mocking her. Like in Hollywood, you take it when you can get it. But yeah. you could tell this wasn't her world. Yeah, like right. she, and, and so, so that, when the light went off, I went, wow, the, this, TV and, and movies, they're not all pure. No. They start with pure people with ideas, but then all these forces come in, you know? I was a showrunner on this show for this guy, and he, yeah. was, he was new to TV, so yeah. he was really leaning on me to help him. Okay. And so uh, so we we had to hire a, a, you know, and it doesn't sound like a big deal, but the writer's assistant is actually a really important job. Oh, yeah. They, uh, they really have to be sharp and know what they're doing. Yeah. And I started getting a lot of pressure. The uh, The guy whose show it was was with a management company oh boy and that management company was a producer on the show which is often what happens yeah and so they then told me that the guy who was the head of the company had a nephew who was going to be the writer's assistant and i said well can you send me his resume and they said he works in a bakery yeah right beside I, the jewelry I said, store Do you have yeah. from a jewelry store yeah. and so i got the resume and there was nothing on it and he came in and i mean it was just it was just like we were there till three in the morning every night because he couldn't type a script and he didn't know how to publish a script so that the network could see it and yeah. the studio could see it and the actors could see it. he didn't know any of that stuff and it oh. was it was it was a disaster yeah, there's so many people in the chain, and I hope I don't sound mean, but there's a lot, not so many, but there's a lot of people in the creative chain that aren't necessarily qualified to be there and trip the the, the projects or the, yeah. the, the creative op. Right. And it's very frustrating. Yeah. Very frustrating. Have you ever been in a position where you've had to cop an attitude, where you, you've been in a, whether it's being in, you know, doing a stand-up show or writing, where you've... You've kind of been kind of, you know, and you knew you were doing it, like kind of like putting up the shields and being kind of the guy, but knowing you had to do it just for your own self-preservation almost. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had like, I I had a pilot one time that I was in and it was, a, and the, the premise was I was learning a new job. This is before everybody did this premise, but this was a long time ago. Yeah. Where I, I had to, and they gave me, and it was a field shoot kind of a thing where we'd go out to a supermarket and I would be, a supermarket uh, worker for the oh, day. Okay, yeah. And so, so it was. So it was a small crew. It was like yeah. you know, three cameras and a yeah. sound guy and a director. Yeah. And uh, the the producer that they assigned me really had a vision for what the show was, yeah. and it was not the same as mine. And was the show your idea? Yeah, it was my idea. Oh no, yeah. that's that's but, a recipe for disaster. But I was new disaster. to TV, so they gave me this guy, and Ugh. and we really went at it. We went at it. Ugh. And uh, at one point, and it was a hidden camera show, so I had these sunglasses, or not not sunglasses, like prescription glasses. Yeah, with but the they camera. Had a camera yeah, and the, the thing. And so, um, so I didn't realize I was doing this, but I guess I went in and I took a piss with the camera running, <laughs> yeah. and he released the video as a joke <laughs> to people. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, it got ugly. It got ugly. Wow. Yeah. Who won? Because sometimes it's like Roseanne. It's like what someone has to bend 
And with Roseanne, it was like she was getting such big ratings that despite her antics, she ended up getting, you know, Tom Arnold's own sitcom. She had that kind of power. So someone wins and someone loses. Or even like renegotiation, like the Simpsons voice actors, they all said, hey, if you don't give us a million each, we're walking. This show's been on 25 years. We deserve it. And like the Sopranos, they, they walked away. Same with Friends. And so someone has to bend. So in your situation, did this guy end up kind of conforming or did you have to or did it end somewhere in the middle? I think we, we did one season and the show was not renewed. And so. it was due to the conflict between the two of you? you I don't think? know. That, I don't really remember what reason. I mean, whatever reason they give you is never the reason anyway. Yeah. But in terms of the two of you, no, in we the were eyes fine. of the we network, like who kind of ended up getting oh. their way more? Well, he did because I didn't know how to edit, and he was doing all the editing. Oh, wow. And the editing is where the editorializing all really happens. Yeah, especially yeah. for a hidden camera yeah. show because yeah. you're just kind of improvising. Right, right. Wow, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. The reason I like talking to a lot of people don't know about all the sort of political maneuvering yeah. and and all the different players in, in behind the scenes yeah. in, in a TV show. You, know, you, you just turn it on and there it is. Yeah. But they don't realize the drama behind the scenes. And What do you think of the best TV shows about the making of a TV show that have ever been done? Uh, I think the, the Larry Saunders one. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah, the yeah. one with... Uh, it's, yeah, one Larry with, Sanders. Yeah, Larry Sanders was yeah, amazing. Was the best. I think that was the best. Yeah. Because I don't love behind the scenes stuff. Like no, the, I, the 30, 30 Rock, I thought, had its moments, but it yeah, never really gelled true. completely that's as true. a show. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think what happens, too, is all this stuff we're talking about, as I said off the beginning, a lot of people don't know about this yeah. world. So I find whenever I see a movie or a TV show that's about behind the curtain, the average person can't relate to it. Right. We can relate to it, like we connect to it. And it's like, oh my God, you can see the humor, you can yeah. see the drama, but the average, what? The, the yeah. assistant director didn't go to the writer's assistant and the, and the prop master didn't go to the gaffer? Yeah. Like, like the, yeah. And I also think it sort of, it, it, it opens the veil and kind of ruins the yes. magic a little yes. bit too. There's a show so. that did a pretty good job of it. It was a British show called Episodes. Okay. That was excellent. Yeah. It's on, um, I can't remember what channel it's on, but I highly recommend episodes. It's about a Which British episode would you recommend of episodes? Just the first one. The first episode of episodes? They really should episodes. just call it episodes. Just one. Yeah. So it they wasn't called it just episodes. one episode yeah, is yeah, all you need right. of episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had an ep- episode on a bus or on a public place? Like just a total f- flip out? I used to masturbate on the school bus. Let me guess. You probably did it. There's that one seat that's over the back wheel with the hump, and you'd wait till you hit a pothole and just woohoo, and that was <laughs> yes. the moment. I try to time it yeah, so that I my trajectory plus the bus bouncing mm-hmm. would send it all the way to the back row. Yeah, because that's where uh, my friend Tommy sat. Oh, you ever hit the bus driver in the back of the head and cause an accident? Once. Oh, yeah, I knew it. Yeah. Oh, there's always that one guy. You're him. Yeah. 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 I would sit back there and, uh, you know, I, I would on the ride home in God. the afternoons. Were there are the other kids knew what you were doing or was now it? The bus would be pretty empty. Okay. Just you uh, and the driver? Just Kenny. He was the driver. Oh. And in the mornings, I used to sit up front and we would talk about muscle cars. He was really into collecting old Mustangs. 
I can't imagine driving a car that's made out of mollusks. I mean, that's got to be... I mean, if you hit something, it would be... I guess you could absorb the impact because it's so gooey. Yeah. But why you'd want to drive a mollusk car? It's a, a Mustang. A Mustang? Oh, okay. Chevy Mu- it's, a, it's a Ford. It's a type of a, a horse. Oh, God. Mustang. What about a Pinto? Slower. Yeah. Remember the, the Ford Pintos? Sure. I wonder if a Ford Pinto and a Ford Mustang collided. Would they just start humping each other? Or would they go up on their back wheels? Yeah. And, and do wheelies around each other. Yeah. Yeah. Is the Pinto the one that used to blow up, or was that the Pacer? <laughs> Remember there was one, if you hit it from behind, it would blow up? I think it was the Pacer. It had the bubble, bu- the bubble windows. Oh, yeah, yeah. John pacing. Denver drove one in that movie, Oh, God. <laughs> it blow yeah, up. Yeah, it used to blow up. <laughs> the, the gas tank was, like, right behind the back bumper. <laughs> yeah. It was a horrible design. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, the most futuristic-looking car yeah. that there ever was. It was also a death <laughs> trap. Yeah. So here's the future. You're going to die. <laughs> Uh, well, buddy, are you ready for uh, words from a wooden yeah, shoe? Yeah, of course. I think you got that look in your eye that you're ready for it. Well, you kind of have to shake it out yeah. and do some ujjayi breath. We, we did it. You know, you know how it goes. We uh, let you pull a word out of a wooden clog, and, uh, and then you, uh, you uh, see if there's a story or a moment from your life that yep. uh, comes from the word. Okay. Have at her, bud. Here we go. I'm going to go on the toe. Oh, uh, there we go. What do we got? I figured you'd, you'd hide, hide a doozy back there in the <laughs> Yeah, tub. yeah, you never know what's in the toe. If it says jam, I'm going to laugh. Something you found. Oh. Something I found. Something. Okay. Oh, here we go. When I was in college, I was a freshman. Uh, I went to college in Boston. So you just got out of the shower? And so I'm walking down the street. I just showered. Because you're a freshman. Oh, got it. There you go. All right. Well, I didn't say you were a staleman. And Anyways. So, and so I'm walking along, and then I see a wallet in the middle of the sidewalk. Oh, you found a wallet. I pick up the I pick up the wallet. Yeah. And uh, and I go. Uh, I, I was like, oh, you know, raised raised Catholic. I was raised yeah. to be a good young man, and so I went back to the dorm. And back then, there was like, you know, the guy his his ID was in there. And I think I must have called like the campus directory where they would put you through to people's dorms. And okay. They, and, and, and so uh, I rang his room and I said, hey, I found your wallet. And he said, oh, my God, that's amazing. Let me come get it. And there was money in it. And I yeah. left the money in it. Do you remember how much? Because when you're a kid, when you're in college, like 70 bucks is three weeks of ghost groceries. Yeah, was- it wasn't that much. But okay. it was like 25. Okay. It was, it was like 22 okay. maybe. Yeah. And so the guy came over to my dorm room, and I gave him the wallet, and, oh. and he was like, thank you very much. And then he kept thanking me, and then he kept hanging around, and he kept inviting me to um, uh, a meeting. That Do I want to go to this meeting with him? Are you Christian? I said, yeah, I'm Christian. Oh. So then he, he targeted me as somebody who did a good deed, and so I must be, you know, open to Jesus and his message and his love. And he wanted to share this with me. And so he invited me to this and he would call me all the time. And then, uh, and then I finally said, you know, all right, I'll go to the meeting. And I don't know why. I mean, I just, 
I almost just wanted to get him off my back by just going to one meeting. You didn't find a wallet. You found Jehovah's Witness That's bait. Right. Yeah. That was bait. Oh, do you think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Sounds like it. Interesting. That guy just dropped it. Whoever picks this up, we're yeah. uh, transforming them. Wow. And so I went to the meeting, and I'm glad I did because there was a girl there, and she I remember she was like a strawberry blonde, and she was beautiful. Wow. Her name was Erin, which was my wife's name. And uh, and I started talking to her, and uh, we went out afterwards, and then I ended up having sex with her the next time I saw her. And then the guy uh, called me, and he asked me if I had had sex with Aaron. And I was like, well, that's what? not really any of your business. And he goes, well, you know, it's really not cool that you come to the meetings and you, and, and suddenly I was like a sinner and yeah. I was defiling his oh, Bible group. Wow. And, uh, and then the girl never called me again. She wouldn't return my calls. And then he stopped calling me. Wow. Yeah. Weird. But you get the most, the, 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 the important thing in this find a wallet, get laid. Yes. That's the real moral of the story. Something good. Do something good and something good will yeah. happen to you. Yeah. You returned a wallet and right. you got double dutch. Yep. I've never understood the term strawberry blonde, though, because strawberries are completely red. They're as red as this. Yeah. So how are they blonde? How, how are you blonde and completely red as a strawberry? That's like, that's like saying I'm, uh, I'm red-headed black. It yeah. Doesn't, something doesn't work. Yeah, or midnight blue. It's yeah. not blue at midnight. It's black no, at it's midnight. it's black, yeah. yeah. You just can't say black anymore. Oh, that's it. Yeah. But you can say strawberry. You can, yeah, right, right. Doesn't seem fair. No, it doesn't seem fair. You can fair. make fun of the fruits, but not the blacks. Right. What about gay blacks? No, thanks. I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just one? No. No. I'm busy. I checked okay. my schedule. Yeah. I'm busy for the rest of my life. Okay, wow. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, right till the end. Yeah. I'm going to smoke myself. And then, and then I'm gonna. F Who's gonna give your eulogy when you die? Who would you like? to I give think it? I'd like my urologist to give your eulogy. Sure, sounds like he's already in the zone. <laughs> he would just talk about your urine. My my uh my what's my urethra tract? Yeah, yeah, right. You know, why not? All right, if you've already got the title. I know, um, buddy. Before we go, thank you again, Fitz Dog Radio Mug. Look at that. Thank you for uh, putting it on the desk. Yeah, I love it. And before we go, would you tell the uh, the good folks on the Harland Highway podcast about your uh, stand-up comedy oh. schedule, your your books, your, your Instagram, all the well, stuff you need to know to follow this hilarious gentleman? Well, what's fun is uh, yeah. I got a nice little tour coming up here this spring. So oh, I'm going to be going to, uh, let's see, I'm going to be April 1st. I'm going to be at a theater in St. Louis. I forget what it's called. St. Louis Theater, why don't we just say that and then, let everyone else figure it out. Then Louisville the week after that. Oh. And then Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut the week after that. Oh, that's a fun place. And then I will be in Oxnard the week after that at the Improv. Yeah, yeah. Or is it Levity Live? Levity yeah, Live. Yeah, it's, right, it's, it's a called. beautiful club. It's great. It's right up the yeah. road. And and you know they did the, what they grow out there, which is odd? What? It's strawberry country. I'm no, not even not. joking. Really? They have strawberry festivals wow. out there. It's, it's all flat. It's in like a basin on just before you get to the ocean, and it's like strawberry uh, country. That sounds amazing. So I'm going to get there early and pick up a couple of uh, gross. Oh, I said blondes. You said what? Oh, gross. Oh, fat blondes? Like yeah. Like gross ones? Right. Yeah. 
They're fun too. <laughs> kind of like frozen manatees, but defrosted. <laughs> okay, we gotta get out of here now. Let's play the theme music. Ladies and gentlemen, Greg Fitzsimmons. Check him out here on the Harlan Highway on his uh, social media. What is it, Instagram? Greg Fitzsimmons yeah. on Instagram. And uh, Fit, Fitzdog Radio is the podcast. Yeah, check it out. Uh, cheers to Fitzdog Radio. Cheers to you, my friend. You want to do cheers a cheers? To you. May you be in heaven a half hour before, before the, the devil knows your dad. You said it wrong. I, I thought it was before you're gone. I know, but dead. that seems to be like something the devil would yeah, say. Yeah. And now I'm feeling a little weirded out. Yeah. Like, are you him? It, it just felt darker to say dead than gone. Are you? Are you the devil? Devilish. Egg. <laughs>